0: This is a headgum podcast. In 86,
1: Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time, the Babysitter's Club. You wait for me to start talking, huh?
0: Yeah, you're the host.
1: Oh, okay. Now you admit it. Episode 128. You admit that I'm the main host? Sorry,
0: I didn't say it with enough. Yeah, you're the host. <laughs> well, so what does that mean now? We're fighting. Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, you're the host. You know how to start the show. Okay. I don't know anything. Okay. You don't let me do anything. You don't let me in on any of your secrets Like when you move. I told you in advance that I was...
1: I told you were the first person, basically, that I told... No. ...when I was going to move. No. Yes.
0: I don't think so. I don't remember it that way. Okay, you said you didn't want to tell me because <laughs> it was too. It would hurt too much. Yeah. So I was left out of the loop the whole time. I, I, am your best friend. You should have told me, but you didn't. So now we're fighting. Now okay. we're mad at each other. Okay. Well, and you host your show, and I'll chime in if I want, but I probably won't want to.
1: Okay. Well, it's going to be a difficult show. Actually, it's going to be probably a pretty interesting show because I got a lot of poetry. Um. Tanner, it hurt me to leave you as much as it hurts you to have been left. Hmm. I never said that to you before, and now I'm saying it. Is that true? Tanner, should we introduce this program, this uh, podcast that we do here?
0: Yeah, you're the fucking host. Okay,
1: thank you. You introduce the show. Excuse me?
0: You introduce. I don't care what you're doing.
1: Okay, I'm going to need some positive energy from you. Smile. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Hi, hi, and welcome to the babysitters club. club club come on come on <laughs> club god <laughs> well, <laughs> i'm your host jack shepherd
0: thank ring
1: And this is a podcast where we talk about the classic novels in the classic sitter cycle by the hand that shakes. I'm talking about the Princess of the Prince of Town, St. Annabelle Matthews Martin, Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bat. She is the first of her name, the last of her kind, and the last hope for humankind. This week we're talking about a fantastic novel called Marianne in the Middle. What did you think, Tanner? Did you
0: enjoy it this week? I thought it was boring. Ah, oh, come on. Mallory books are always boring. This isn't a Mallory book. It's a Marianne
1: book. Well, well, is it? Yes. It's mostly about Mallory. This is a, a fascinating text. This is, in many ways, a sequel or a spiritual sequel to the novel where Dawn leaves Stony Brook. It is wrapping things up. Things are wrapping up. We're l- starting to lose babysitters. We're starting to lose babysitters. Pretty soon, there's not going to be anything for Marianne
0: to be in the middle of. hmm except a faction war except a fucking faction war as her comrades are picked off the battlefield christy goes down in a spray of blood as the witches cast their eldritch blasts across the scorched earth <laughs> of stony brook a tyrannosaurus rex erupts from a pile of cat person bodies Snatches the witch in his jaws and tears her apart as ghosts and demons battle with swords at his feet. God, that sounds good. That's, it's I'm so fucking excited. Yeah. And above it all, hovering above it all, five hundred feet in the air, is a massive, gelatinous, <laughs> glowing purple orb whose intentions we have no
1: idea about, which we couldn't even conceive. It would flay our very minds.
0: I didn't even want to think about it. Yeah but we have to. Me. We're paid to. Not yet. Not yet. We got time. It's wrapping
1: up. We're losing babysitters. Attrition is starting to happen. I was brought to mind, Tanner, today of the fact that Christy is literally the only person who is holding this whole fucking thing together.
0: I mean, Claudia's is not, not holding it together. Here's-
1: Here's what Marianne says. Christy is the president of the BSC, and she keeps it running smoothly. Being on time is a big deal with her. She glares at you if you're even a minute late. I understand this, though. If she weren't so crabby about lateness, we might all start wandering in late, and we only meet for half an hour from 5.30 to 6 on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday afternoons. Christy gets so much shit for this. Oh, she gives you the look. She gives you the fucking capital L look if you show up past 5.31. Right. Well, guess what? She's got a business to run, and she is the only person that is standing in between fucking the sleepy town of Stony Brook going on business as usual, and the sleepy yeah. town of Stony Brook decimated, engulfed in flames.
0: Right. Dinosaurs flinging bodies. Dinosaurs flinging bodies. blasts whiz past their heads. Which is cackling. Yeah. Yeah, fucking, you know what? Maybe show up on time. Also, it's a... F- f- it's two half an hour meetings a week it's not that it's three it's an hour and a half of your week of your young life what else do you have going on yeah what else do you have going on you're gonna yeah. go to washington mall and like flirt with boys yeah good luck <laughs> boys aren't attracted to people with no work ethic <laughs> you're it here first baby nation
1: Tanner, shall i describe this novel
0: yes Ugh. okay fine these last eight books this is what we're gonna do we're gonna describe the novel first Mm -hmm. and then we're all gonna die it seems likely maw of a tyrannosaurus rex i think it's gonna be the demons that get us not the dinosaurs maybe you me i'm gonna be up there cresting mount (laughs) tyrannis with my mighty battle sword Oh, you're the soldier with
1: Magnificent Weapon, huh? I was him all all along. (laughs) Well, now we know. Tanner, let me
0: describe this novel. This is perfect timing, actually. Why? Oh, sorry. Never mind. No reason.
1: Because you were like in a super paying attention-y frame of mind? Okay, he's signaling that he's going to go get another beer. Baby Nation, I am going to describe this novel. Beginning now. It was a feud to end all feuds. Jessie Ramsey with her quick feet and her faster wit versus Mallory Pike, a thinker, if there ever was one. One of these cats who never says a word, but they're always so far ahead of you that you don't even realize you're dead until you hear the preacher finishing up his eulogy. And you wouldn't know if you saw them going toe-to-toe, hammer and tongs, because they both had tempers that you wouldn't believe... But they used to be friends Before the incident And that thought The idea of these two working together Once upon a time That was even scarier than the unholy hell They were both unleashing Trying to tear each other down None of this ancient history Mattered to Ann, of course She just wanted it to end She just wanted Peace in our time She just wanted to be anywhere in the wide world as long as it wasn't in the middle of this extremely volatile situation. But in Stony Brook, you don't always get what you want. Marianne, in the middle.
0: Tanner, welcome back. Hey, I, yep, I was here. Don't ruin the illusion of the show, Jack. Okay. Thanks for listening.
1: Um, Thank you loved it thank you what about uh we uh pick up where i left off have you described this novel
0: i think it was um evelyn beatrice hall jack excuse me who said in her book what noises are you making the life of voltaire that i don't disapprove of what you say jack Uh uh-huh but i will defend to the death my right to ignore it can i ask you tanner whether you're hundred percent certain that it wasn't Voltaire that said that, I am one hundred percent certain that it was. Yeah. It is often misattributed to Voltaire, okay. and it was actually written by Evelyn Beatrice Hall, okay, uh, under the pseudonym S.G. Tallentire. I'm glad
1: to hear that you will defend to
0: the death my right to describe these novels. Nope, that's not what I said. I said I don't disapprove of you describing these novels, but I will defend to the death. My right to ignore you. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah.
1: You're doing a fun thing. Okay.
0: I mean, sorry, I didn't say that. Yeah. Evelyn Beatrice Hall said that. (laughs) Okay. Tanner, I'm going to put 60
1: seconds on this big bad clock during those 60 seconds. I would like for you to describe every single thing that happens in this novel, and I would like you to do so with a smile on your face. Are you ready?
0: I'm going to begin now. Okay. Yes, I'm ready. Uh
1: two seconds gone
0: mallory is leaving so Mallory's applied to a school in massachusetts called massachusetts called the riverbend academy where gifted children go not like mutants it's not like it's not like professor xavier's anyway she's she's going because she's being bullied at school and being called spaz girl all the time and she hates stony brook she gets accepted and decides to go, and her and she and Jesse begin to fight about it because Jesse's angry she's leaving, and then they get mad at one another. And Marianne decides to step in and kind of mediate the situation, and and is enemy to both of them, uh, which ends up being great for them because they do a lot of like positive conflict resolution through Marianne. Meanwhile, it's also Christmas and. The Stony Brook Manor, where all the old people live, all their decorations are old. So the Babysitter's Club bands together to make them new decorations. And at the end, they make up. And time at perfect. Jesse and Mallory. Description. Make up. Tanner.
1: Perfect. Yeah. You fucking nailed it. That's partially because there's not a lot that happens in this novel.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of conflict, which can just be summarized by saying that there's a lot of conflict. Yeah. Uh, they fight. They fight. Fight, Mortal Kombat. Um, let's talk Portal about Fantasy, my number
1: one. I want to dive right into this, Tanner. Let's just talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, okay, Mallory's leaving.
0: Mallory's leaving. She's going to River Bend. She's not going to be in the BSC anymore. And so, you know what that means? Well, no, 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 okay. no. no. Right. She's going to be an honorary member. She's welcome honorary back. member is nothing. The seven are no okay, longer seven. Okay. Yeah. You're saying Don's contributions. To the babysitters club is nothing yeah. now? Oh, yes, I'm saying that. Yes, I fucking am saying wow. that. Wow. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, uh, I said it. I'm proud of it. I don't, I have nothing to hide on this. Dawn is doing nothing.
0: She started an entire new babysitters club in California called oh, the well, we Heart Kids Club. Whoop de doo, Dawn. I'm, if next time I read the
1: fucking She we used Hard to be Inf- your favorite babysitter, Jack. Yeah, well, she fucking deserted us.
0: I can't believe you turn your back on Don like this. You're being a real Jesse tonight about everything. (laughs) No, no, no. Earlier you being a real Mallory about leaving New York for Austin, Texas. (laughs) Uh And now you're being a real Jesse. And who are you being in all of this? Tanner Greenring. (laughs) Okay. Adult man. Good. Adult
1: man, Tanner Greenring. Guess what? When you have to fucking qualify... Your name with adult man, it probably means that you're not. FYI.
0: <laughs> That's a good point.
1: <laughs> Listen, Dawn has done shit for the Babysitter's Club in months. And I'm sorry, I'm a huge Dawn apologist, but no. Apparently and not. Furthermore, as we know, the only thing that is protecting Stony Brook from the multiple factions that are closing in on it is the fact that the seven babysitters are united as one it's a patchwork now because dawn six left babysitters because dawn left abby replaced her and it's seven until today six. now it's six now it's six now it's six and it will always be six well and guess what else it's not just any six the one that we lost this time tanner we, It turns out we could lose dawn abby was
0: waiting in the wings the one that we lost this time Abby's worse. Is not you, just you flipped on Dawn. Now you're like an app you're like, oh I love Abby. That's Abby's great. One hundred percent. Abby was waiting in the wings. I love Abby. That's it's you. Not the point that
1: I'm making. I said it's a patchwork.
0: I know, but it's what you're saying. It's not what I'm saying. You just w- completely fucking flip flopped on Dawn. The babysitter that we have now lost If I could go back to, to Jack of Book twenty five, not one twenty five. Mm-hmm. And tell him, hey Jack, in a hundred books, you're gonna completely flip flop on Dawn. What would happen? You wouldn't believe me. Okay, I would say, oh, you're gonna re- you're gonna love Abby. Yeah, you're gonna, you know what you would say? Who the fuck is Abby? I'd be like, can we please get back to the fucking text? I just can't believe you, man. May I
1: please? Is there any way, despite the fact that you're upset with me, that I could? possibly finish this point that i'm making yeah, you're the host there is
0: you're the host man do whatever you're you saying want. i
1: can finish the point i'm making you're the host thank you okay here's the conclusion the babysitter that we lost this week was the one who was foretold
0: oh sure the sitter who would
1: the sat who became the sitter who
0: became the sitter yeah.
1: Mallory was foretold in the first books. Right. She was a sat who would one day become the sitter and by so doing completed the Circle of Seven. And now the sitter who was the sat has become the deserter.
0: Mm. She's become the scholar. Excuse me? The scholar I thought would be a cool... It has the assonance too with sitter, sat, scholar. Yeah, but that's not in the text. She's called the deserter. No, she goes to be a... A learner. Okay,
1: the sad who became the sitter has become the scholar. It sounds like fucking the can in the hat. No,
0: that's bad. Yeah, no, it's not yeah. bad.
1: She's become the deserter, Tanner. That's what Jesse calls her, and Jesse's right. She's desert- In their time of need, in their hour of greatest darkness, Mallory just
0: fucked off. Now, let's look at this from Mallory's perspective for a moment. Yeah. What if, instead of a deserter, she's becoming like a ronin? Like, t- to wander the earth? Yeah, like without a master. Okay, she's a babysitter without a babysitter's club, or without any babies. Oh, without any
1: babies—that's even better. That's now—that's pretty good. She's a baby, so she has she has no master and she has no pupils. Yeah, she's a babysitter, but she she has no babies. Yeah, and she has no club,
0: and she has no club. Now that's cool. Babysitter for hire. Babysitter Ronan. That's actually very good. She's just wandering the like verdant hills of Massachusetts. Yeah, samurai sword on her back, just sitting whatever she wants. <laughs> yeah, oh, anything, Anything. anything. <laughs> She'll sit in a car. She doesn't yeah. care. She doesn't give a shit. <laughs> you step out of your car to grab <laughs> some smokes from the Seven Eleven. You don't want to turn it off. You get back and Mallory's there. She's sitting in the car and she's like seventy five cents, please. And yep. you're like, what? And you're like, I sat at your car. <laughs> that's fucking cool good now i'm into mallory leaving
1: okay well i think it's bad for stony brook i think it's bad for the doom that is coming that the seven has finally been broken the circle is broken there's six babysitters they go through a list of replacements emily bernstein bad idea no one likes emily she's nice but too busy no everyone likes her she's the editor of this too busy too busy school paper
0: no one likes the next person. erica Blumberg. blumberg
1: right I can't remember her deal. I feel like she was friends
0: with Amelia Freeman. She was one of the people who uncovered the child abuser in, um... Mr. Um, Nichols. The Horrible Truth. Yeah. And here's
1: what Abby says that shuts the book on Erica Blumberg, Tanner. There's something about Erica that bugs me, and I can't say exactly what it is. Huh.
0: Huh. Something about her bugs me. That... Okay. <laughs> She thinks she's a bug. I think she's a bug. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, no, no, no. I don't think she's a bug. That's silly. I think she's made out of bugs. <laughs> don't you? Uh huh. Do you remember in Nightmare Before Christmas when Oogie Boogie got all uh, unstitched and he was made out of bugs? Mm hmm. I think that is probably what's going on with her.
1: Yeah. Um-
0: Emily Blumberg. Erica.
1: Erica Blumberg. If you take the second, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh letters out of her last name, it's just Erica Bug. (laughs) See? Yeah. (laughs) I think we shut the lid on this one. She's a bug or made out of bugs. And then Jesse suggested someone called
0: Renee Johnson. No, that's nobody. That's nobody, Jesse. You know what's fucked up about that passage? What? (laughs) Yeah. Is then they go on to say, uh, what about a sixth grader? And they're like, oh, no, remember the time we got Wendy Loesner in here and she was bad? Right. Except for Jesse and Mallory, sixth graders can't be or trusted. Or bad. Yeah, can't be trusted. So it's like, okay, can't be a sixth grader and we don't, can't be an eighth grader. Well, right. out of ideas. Out of ideas. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Sixth grade, eighth grade. I wonder if there's any grades in between where someone was recently just a, a part of that grade <laughs> and made several friends in that grade. <laughs> Claudia's probably got a mouthful of fucking Twinkies. <laughs> She's just like, oh, life is strange. Shaw- Shawnee! <laughs> Josh Rocker! What about that fucking cool French girl, man? I don't know who you're talking about, but she sounds cool. That cool girl who's French, who wore pink and everyone called her a pig? Oh, yeah! what about She'd Fuck, be a great babysitter. She'd be a great babysitter. Yeah. She's very fashionable. She's yeah. French. She looks like a pig. <laughs> she doesn't look like a pig. She wears pink. I don't know. <laughs> you just said she looks like a pig.
1: I said she. Everyone
0: calls her a pig. Well, why would they call her a pig if she didn't look like a because pig? Because
1: she wears pink all the time, and they're fucking mean in the seventh grade.
0: Seventh grade idiots. Seventh Plenty grade. Baby, remember, hey guys, remember when you started the babysitter club? Yeah. What grade were you in then? Ding dong. Seventh grade. Idiots. The, Mad at them.
1: Yeah. Well, that that is an excellent segue for the next thing that I want to talk about, Tanner. Yeah. Which is a little theory that we call Amber Theory. Why'd you pronounce it like that? I don't know. I was just trying to get your fucking attention. I was looking at my notes. Okay. We, we, you were looking at your notes to corroborate the thing that I was saying that you didn't know what it was yet?
0: Is that I was looking you- at my notes to see where we were headed next. What if I had a relevant note to what are your whatever you're about to introduce? I, I had. Are deep. you about to talk about Loom? No. Because I've got Loom stuff. Okay. Well, let's fucking hold off on that. Tanner,
1: we know that these girls after they were allowed to graduate the seventh grade in the first 10 books when they were still moving through time and trapped them in amber for better or for worse and refused to allow them to grow up. But this thing is disintegrating as we're seeing. The seven are no longer one. We're hemorrhaging babysitters at this point. Things are falling apart at the seam. We're deep in the dark timeline. Mm. Tanner, the choice that Mallory makes, whether you agree with it or not,
0: this week. I don't. And well, I, now that we've discovered that she's a babysitting Ronan, yeah. I do agree with it. Yeah. This is a beautiful thing. This is why I'm a Suzanne
1: man and a mm-hmm. Waniac and I have full-blown Wania. And uh, the,
0: Suzanne in the Suzanneity
1: memboyne. has passed my blood membrane barrier and now I'm yeah. Suzanne in the Boyne and I love it. Yeah. The thing that Suzanne Wayne does this week that is so subtle but so beautiful is that the choice that Mallory is asked to make is between Stony Brook and Riverbend. Yeah. Riverbend, a bend in the river, a change, right? Okay. That's change. That's a river that is flowing, that is time moving in its normal fashion. That's a choice to change the broken paradigm and get out no matter what the consequences and make her own life as a Ronan babysitter. And the choice between Riverbend, I had never thought about this before, but Stony Brook Tanner, that's a river that has been dammed up with stones. A flowing river uh, uh, that has been blocked. Uh, like a blocked up brook.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Is that not That's fucking amazing? Up with
0: stones.
1: Suzanne in this book shed like light. A stony River. On the meaning of what Stony Brook is. It's Anne trying with anything at her disposal to block the flow of time, to stop change. And this beautiful metaphor that Suzanne brings to bear where Mallory says, I reject this. I reject your damned brook. And instead, I choose to follow the river to its bend to be free.
0: Do you not think that's beautiful? I think it's beautiful, but okay, I think thank you being thanks for I saying think so. being i I see River Bend as the desert bluff to Stony Brooks Nightvale. It's the same but different, okay. And I think that's exactly the point Jesse was trying to make.
1: You think that Mallory's going to go and find
0: another place where she's trapped in time? Another small New England town named after a, a water feature. You know? Where everything is going to feel pretty similar. Everything's going to be different, but everything's going to be the same. I don't think she's escaped. I think she's she's escaped into like the adjacent dimension, but I don't think she's escaped. Panta re, says Heraclitus. Okay, and that's in this text?
1: No, that's in the Heraclitean fragments. Every- oh, okay. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything flows. You can't step in the same river twice. That's the the one constant is that everything flows. And the one place that that's not true is in Stony Brook, where everything is the same over and over and over again.
0: Don't go Back to Rockville? Chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to. Exactly. That's exactly what Anne is saying. This is Anne's message. It's exactly what Jesse is saying. It's exactly what I'm saying.
1: Don't go chasing waterfalls.
0: Please stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. They're safe. The water doesn't flow. Well, that sounds counter to what Heracles was saying. Heraclitus. Heraclitus was saying... (laughs) Heraclitus is saying you can't step in the same river twice. I'm saying, don't. You're, yes, you can, and that's your river. And don't leave it. Don't go chasing waterfalls.
1: I don't think there's any philosophical evidence for the idea that we shouldn't go chasing waterfalls.
0: TLC said it. Okay, well, TLC. Do you want AIDS, Jack? Because I'm pretty sure that was the point of that song. <laughs> I do think that that was the point of that song. <laughs> Baby Nation,
1: please do. I think it's do. a multi-layered song. Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. No matter what we may say as we speculate about this text, and we're going to throw around theories, we're going to tease out ideas, but I don't want you as listeners to think that we're telling you that you should do anything other than stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Tanner, would you like to back that up?
0: Yeah. So, it seems like the first part is about... So the first part is about a mom whose son, I think, dies in a gang shooting. Second part is about a woman who gives a man HIV. Three letters took him to his final resting place. Mm-hmm. And then that's the whole song. It's really just about... Now, and how does this apply to... Now, why did you bring this up? I was trying to make a public service announcement. Oh, no, there's a, there's a heroin thing here, too. For Tootin' Cain in your own vein. What a shame. Baby Nation, don't go chasing waterfalls. Thank you. Don't die in a gangland shooting. Yeah. Don't catch uh, sexually transmitted disease. And for the and love of definitely, God. Definitely, definitely do not toot cane in your own vein. Yeah. Or anyone's vein. Any vein. <laughs> Just don't. TLC said that. Yeah. Heraclitus. Heraclitus.
1: Tanner, please, can we take a break? Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. And now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, a dilly-dilly, my lord. (laughs) Oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company. Visit betterhelp.com slash bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash bedfellows. Tanner, are we done feuding?
0: Jack, (laughs) welcome back. Thank you. Uh, The next hour passed uneventfully. Okay. The triplets went into the rec room, and the music of their video games told us what they were playing. Oh, right. I noticed that. Jack, what game Mm -hmm. from the 90s could the triplets be playing, in this case, where... They may be inhabiting the character of a loom master in the Guild of Weavers using their magical staff to play iconic and recognizable music to reshape reality. So it's like a, a guild.
1: someone from the Guild of the Weavers. Well, yeah. Is that too much of a giveaway too? Uh, I'm having trouble placing it, so no.
0: Um, from the guild of the weavers Mm -hmm. i just googled the name of the game which is a popular word and that did not return the results i was for a moment outraged that when i googled the name of the game yeah it popped up like the the actual physical object one (laughs) would use it's like what who would possibly be searching for that? You're gonna write a stern letter to Google. <laughs> oh, your vaunted search engine! I googled loom. I shouldn't have to append loom with loom game, <laughs> and you're setting to, to find these pictures what I'm looking for: spinning wheels for sewing. Bob and Threadbare plays his distaff, and each draft is a spell. That has an effect of a certain type, such Great. as opening or mm-hmm. night vision. Okay, Beautiful, haunting melodies that you will remember well into your mid-30s. <laughs> there you go. Okay,
1: I'm with you. I captured that passage as well. Suzanne is obviously trying to reference
0: a specific game. Loom. Right. Obviously. Baby Nation, if you've never played Loom, yeah. I encourage you to Stop listening to this podcast right now. Okay, let's not encourage Go to Steam, Okay, available on Mac and Windows and Linux, and download the hit 1990 fantasy-themed graphic adventure game by Lucasfilm James, Loom, and play through the entirety of it. It does not take very long to get through. And, Baby Nation, as a bonus, just in case you're not fully persuaded to do that,
1: Tanner is now going to tell you how Loom fits... In with this particular text,
0: yeah. So aside from the obvious reference to the the triplets playing it in the passage that I read, right, which
1: is evoked obviously to create a resonance, I,
0: th- which think, you're now going to tell us about, I, I, I don't think I know, I know, yeah. okay, that Bobbin Threadbare is, I'm sorry, Mallory Pike, okay, is an obvious reference, is an obvious shadow of Bobbin Threadbare, okay the protagonist of Loom. He mm-hmm. is ostracized from the rest of the society, the Guild of the Weavers. Okay. Um, obviously because of the presence of his the the gray thread mm. in the gray pattern. hmm Um so the the entire pattern is thrown into chaos by this gray thread that represents Bobbin threadbear. Mm-hmm. Threadbare. mm-hmm. So I think that's obviously Mallory in this case. Yeah, I think Mallory is throwing Stony Brook into chaos, and I think she's ostracized by the community for dropping a bunch of poems one time mm-hmm. when she was teaching a bunch of eighth graders.
1: And Pete Black said, "Looks like your looks
0: like you've got a case of the jumblies. poems
1: have a case of the jumblies."
0: She's banned from learning at Stony Brook Middle School. Middle school, much like Bobbin is, is banned from learning the ways of the guild. Mm-hmm. And uh, she flees, much like yeah. Bobbin flees the home island of the guild of the weavers and goes on an adventure. It's become a babysitting ronin. He turns into a horror at one point and scares a bunch of farmers. A horror? A horror. Yeah. And dies a bunch of sheep green. Do you okay. remember that part in the game? Oh, I actually haven't played it. What do you mean? I haven't played it. Bobbin uses his distaff to turn a bunch of white sheep in a field Mm -hmm. green. Hmm. So that when a dragon passing overhead flies over, exactly, Mm -hmm. and he looks down in the field, it doesn't see any white sheep, it just sees green. Okay. Do you remember that part in the game? I actually do. You haven't played it. You haven't played it right. Um, Okay, all right, I'll allow it. Thank you. I think it's all there. Do you want me to
1: look for more? Oh, actually, no. What I do want is to talk about Vanessa Pike in this text.
0: Okay. I was talking I feel like the way you emphasize this text made it seem like I wasn't talking about this text.
1: Yeah. No, I think you did an excellent job. But I was talking about this text. May I talk to you now about Vanessa's Elegy, the poem that Vanessa writes for Mallory? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is
0: a good word to describe
1: it. It is. And I think that that's what's so interesting is that it has— So Vanessa Pike, who's a poet, when she discovers that Mallory is leaving Stony Brook to go to boarding school at Riverbend, yep, she's devastated, and she writes a poem that is elegiac in its qualities. And I wanted to kind of pick it apart a little bit. I will read it to you, if I may. Tanner? So,
0: question? No, I didn't have any questions. Thank you.
1: I'm asking you. May I read it? No questions. Okay. This isn't a press conference.
0: (laughs) I would like to read the poem. I have no, I have no follow up questions. Okay. (laughs) May I ask a question? Yeah, please. Can I read the poem? Oh yeah, please. Okay, thank you. I would love that actually.
1: Great. Mallory O'Mallory, oh, Vanessa began now reading. Now, who's dr- Mallory O'Mallory? Oh, She's saying Mallory, O'Mallory, oh, it's the vocative. Oh, it's not a name. It's the vocative of Mallory, which is the. It's case. not first name, Mallory, last name, O'Mallory. No. Okay. O Mallory is an example of a vocative where you.
0: Mike use- O'Malley.
1: No, it's not. I'm just not going to get into this. Mallory, uh, can I, I'll i just rewrite it. Mallory, she began reading dramatically. It doesn't work because it doesn't scan. Mallory, oh, Mallory. Mallory, my Mallory. She's saying, oh, Mallory. She's addressing her. Can okay. I just please move on? Yep. She began reading dramatically. How could you go away from me? Were things in this house so rotten that you would go and leave us forgotten? Mallory, oh, Mallory. No. Do you need to be so free? Was life at SMS so bad that you would go and leave us sad? Mallory, oh, sister dear, your mind's made up, and I fear we won't see you very soon. It's as if you've flown to the moon.
0: Oh, I like the moon part.
1: Exactly, and so did Tanner. Shelley, Tennyson, Alden. What I thought was beautiful in this particular passage is how it evokes great elegies of the past. It has within it lunar imagery in particular.
0: Okay.
1: Um, there is discussion when I said I like of- the
0: moon, I was just parroting the next line, which is Claire saying, oh, I like the moon part, and Nikki says, I do too.
1: Right, Well, and you were on to something.
0: Okay, I didn't actually want to talk about... Romantic poetry. Because it right? has all yeah, this... Lo- should we
1: just it. talk about the lunar imagery in yep. Elegies? Yep. Because Shelley, when Keats dies... Which Shelley? Percy Bysshe Shelley.
0: Man Shelley.
1: Yes. Percy Shelley, okay. when Keats dies, writes an elegy called Adonais which contains the following line, and one with trembling hands clasps his cold head and fans him with her moonlight wings and cries, our love, our hope, our sorrow is not dead. Then you have, of course, Tennyson in Memoriam, another classic elegy, one of the greats, Mm -hmm. When on my bed the moonlight falls, I know that in thy place of rest by that broad water of the west there comes a glory on the walls. That's Tennyson. And then, of course, we have Auden, which in the modern era is probably the most famous elegy because it was spoken in Four Weddings and a Funeral.
0: Right. Stop all the
1: clocks. The stars are not wanted now. Put out every one.
0: Hack up the moon, says Auden, and dismantle the sun. One black morning, when this life is over, yeah. I know I'll see your face. Every day that passes <sighs> is a day that I get closer to seeing you again. I'll be missing you by P. Diddy. It's another great elegy poem. We miss you big, and we won't stop, because we can't stop. Mm-hmm. That's right. Thank you. It's a beautiful reading. Every it, step I take. Yeah, no, we know the song. <laughs> Every move I make. Do you, Tanner? Every breath I take, I'll be missing you. Jack, I miss you very much. Come back to Brooklyn. Did you, Tanner, this week have a. No. <gasps> <gasps> uh,
1: I don't is love what you were about to ask I and I did. Yes. I don't love you putting your name in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I did. Did you th- have one? Feels like a violation. Yeah, I fucking had a tearful
0: moment. This is a sad fucking book. It's a tragedy. Mallory's gone. She's gone. Stop all the clocks. It's probably the last time she's ever going to see her uncle Joe, which is the B plot. Yeah, Uncle Joe's in Stony Brook Asylum it's called stony brook manor
1: (laughs) did i have a tearful moment are you asking me it sounded like you asked me it sounded like you asked yourself in my voice (laughs) which is a violation i'll say for the record but you go first um this is the climax of the plot and it's so fucking powerful Jesse and Mallory. Baby Nation, We have. I'm not sure if we've done a good job of talking about it, but it is so hard to see these girls fight. Jesse and Mallory has been the unbreakable bond throughout these novels. Right. And then this is almost the end. They're so fucking angry with each other. Uh, But then the following thing happens. Marianne, who has been in the middle the whole time passively, decides to be in the middle actively. And she brings them together. And they have a conversation on Marianne's couch. Don't you understand? You were the one person I couldn't talk to. That's crazy. Jesse shot back. You could always talk to me. What was different about this? Because the idea of leaving you behind was just as terrible to me as the idea of my leaving is to you. Jesse blinked hard. I drew in a long, slow breath. Was this the moment of truth? Had Mallory finally said something that made sense to Jesse? Then, why are you doing this? Jesse asked in a small, sad voice. Mallory's voice was equally subdued. Because I have to. You don't have to. Yes, I do. Mallory pressed her hands together over her heart as she spoke. Inside, I feel as if this is what I've been waiting for all my life. This is a chance to be myself. Not just one of eight Pike kids. Not just one of seven babysitters. Tanner, you'll notice. Six. Not just one of seven. The seven are no longer
0: one. I get it. You get it? Yep. It's a Deep Space Nine reference. (laughs) It's seven of nine. (laughs) And it's Voyager.
1: Not to be Spaz, girl. Not to be anything but myself. I'm not entirely sure who that is, but I feel I'll find out at Riverbed. Tears sprang to Jesse's eyes. Well, why didn't you say that to begin with? I was trying to, Mallory replied, now crying herself. They moved together on the couch and hugged. I don't have to tell you who else was crying.
0: Marianne.
1: Me, the champion crier of all time.
0: Not you, Jack. That is
1: me saying that, but Marianne also said
0: it. Both of you. Both. I was like, Marianne,
1: you and me both, sister.
0: Yeah. Losing it. No, I get it, man. That was a tough moment. Life is strange. Life is strange. <laughs> Tanner, what was
1: your tearful moment?
0: My tearful moment took place in Stony Brook Manor. It was very sad. It made me cry. Crocodile tears on the train. Crocodile tears? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what that means? Big tears. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. you think you think that it means because it's like crocodiles are big
0: <laughs> What does it mean actually? you think it's because crocodiles are big big animals they're big animals <laughs> they're, big animal, they're big animals and they do uh, big tears. yeah, that's what it means. What does it mean, actually? (laughs) No, that is what it means. (laughs) I cried tears. Actual tears. Big tears. Like a crocodile might. I'm going to Google it. (laughs) No, don't Google it. No, I want you to... No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't Google it. No, I want you to... Crocodile tears or superficial sympathy is a false, insincere display of emotion such as a hypocrite crying fake tears (laughs) of grief. Now, is that what it's always meant? <laughs> yeah. Because I always thought it just meant big tears. No. <laughs> you're going to have to go and revisit a lot of conversations you've had. <laughs> like, I'm always just like, oh, I'm crying crocodile tears over here. So it was like my grandma died and you're like, oh,
1: crocodile tears. Oh,
0: <laughs> crocodile tears. <laughs> Boo- I'm genuinely sad for you
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh i wish i hadn't allowed you to disillusion yourself of that
0: i would just live my whole life i mean it's not a term i use a lot (sighs) Ugh. i cried actual human tears on the subway ride home yeah big tears just like a crocodile might if he were a human or she yeah if he or she were a human Mm -hmm. big tears like a crocodile yeah the girls are at Sunnybrook Manor. Claudia plugged in her boombox and played all kinds of holiday tapes. We fixed plates of food and served them to the residents. Christie helped Mrs. Fellows put some plates together for the bedridden residents. One man smiled at Christie as she handed him a plate of lasagna and salad and said, You know, dear... "'Sometimes I feel forgotten here. "'This makes up for all those times. "'It's wonderful.' "'I'm glad, Mr. Schwartz,' Christy replied. "'You know my name?' "'Yes, I remember you from last time we were here.' "'He set the plate on his lap and clasped her hand. "'There was a wetness in his eyes.' as if he were so touched he was going to cry. He held her hand a moment longer, then let it go and picked up his plate. Fucking beautiful.
1: In that moment, Tanner, when I read that,
0: yeah, I was a crocodile. <laughs> you were... Oh, Mr. Shorts! <laughs> where, I'm so touched where, by where? this moment! <laughs> My tears are so big! <laughs> And that was real. <laughs> and that was real. Yeah. Real. Yeah. I cried real crocodile tears. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> it's a beautiful moment. It really was a beautiful moment. Okay, great. Well, that's a tearful moment, Baby Nation. You're welcome. We haven't done that in a long time. Yeah, you're fucking welcome. I have another segment. Okay. I would like to just kind of blaze through while we're blazing through segments. Okay. It's... Do you need my help with that? We love Mallory Day. Nope. Okay. So we love Mallory Day. Yeah. Mallory's about to leave. The Pike family mm-hmm. and Marianne mm-hmm. kick off these festivities by waking Mallory up and bringing her downstairs. Beautiful. It's beautiful. She's been through it's beautiful. a lot. Vanessa reworks her poem so it's a little less glum. Mm-hmm. She turns it into this beautiful celebration of Mallory's life rather than an elegy. Mm-hmm. Everyone makes her breakfast in bed. Nikki pushed his chair back and bolted from the table, waving his card. Me too, Claire cried, scooting back her chair with her card. I followed them into the living room. I arrived in time to see Mallory engulfed in hugs from her sisters and brothers. Mr. Pike was standing on the stairs, uh-oh, watching his kids. He looked over their heads at me and smiled. <laughs> oh, wow. Hashtag swoon.
1: <sighs> There's only one thing Jack. to say to that, and that is Hashtag swoon.
0: I looked over the, the heads of the Pike children. I just, I'm putting myself in Marianne's place. Oh my God. Could you fucking imagine? I'm like, I'm in a crowded room. There's Pike kids everywhere. And I'm like, Oh, so much chaos and everyone's being so loving. And I look over their heads and I just make eye contact with John Pike standing on the stairs. Hashtag swoon. And he smiles at me and it's like, Whoa, you know? Hashtag, hand me my smelling salts. <laughs> Hashtag, I'll be missing you, John Pike. <laughs> Hashtag, I'm crying
1: crocodile tears of joy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: boo hoo <laughs> John Pike. John Pike.
1: And she likes to throw very subtle just a it's like a sprinkling of john pike a smile across the room across the room she doesn't want to put too much you don't want to overwhelm the dish yeah you got too much john pike everybody's walking around with boners let's just be honest yeah and you don't want that yeah in your book is that too crass
0: no i think it's real (laughs) yeah i think it's a real thing we have to worry about yeah You put too much John Pike in a book, everyone's going to be walking around with boners. (laughs) That's a a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's inappropriate. But a little bit?
1: Hashtag swoon. Hashtag swoon.
0: Hashtag swoon. Your eyes meet across a crowded room. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad we're having a lot of fun at uh, the expense of me. This episode and my 34-year-long misunderstanding of what <laughs> crocodile tears
1: meant. I was,
0: no, I'm
1: only sad that
0: this has ended. This beautiful thing has ended. Big tears. Because <laughs> crocodiles are big. Because <laughs> crocodiles are big. That's nice. And I feel like you took away from me today the notion that crocodile tears were just big tears. I took away from everyone. And I apologize for that. And I'm sorry. Boo-hoo-hoo. Oh, boo hoo hoo Raises a question. Okay, you were about to say it begs a question, and you stopped yourself, didn't you? No, I've. Th- th- do you fucking know me? I saw it. I saw it on your face. No,
1: I was looking at my notes. There's no way I was gonna say begs the fucking question. I mean, raises the question. Tanner, let me read you this passage. Emily Michelle is now about two and a half. Christie's grandmother nanny moved in to help with. Do you say nanny? Right?
0: Nanny. What? Jack, it's been a hundred and twenty-five books. Nanny. You, nanny. I,
1: I've always disagreed with your pronunciation, but
0: whatever. Nani, Nani, Nani. What it is? It's nanny. What, check? 125 books. You bring this up? Yeah. <laughs> Will the betrayals ever end tonight?
1: <laughs> it's obviously nanny. Nani. Why would it be Nani? Why would you, it's two Ns? Why would you pronounce the A like that?
0: Nani. <laughs>
1: <Don't>, <laughs> remind me of my child.
0: I can't believe you tonight, man.
1: It's obviously Nanny. Nanny! Nanny! Why would their, it be? Who calls their grandma Nanny? A thousands of English children.
0: No, it's Nanny. God, oh, I'm so... Nanny? Uh, You're driving me nuts tonight, man. Okay? You're driving me nuts tonight. <laughs> well, we don't have a Marianne to be... Do you want to get Jamie in her and have her mediate? She's not, no, she's not in tonight. She's okay. at the opera.
1: Let's just say Christy's grandmother. Christy's
0: grandmother.
1: Nanny, mo- as
0: we've said for the last hundred and twenty-five books. It's always
1: you and I just followed your lead and was too timid to speak up. Oh, I think it's you. <laughs> Christy's grandmother. This isn't the point. Christy's grandmother moved in to help with the younger kids. Emily Michelle in particular. And with assorted pets, including their puppy Shannon and a kitten named Pumpkin, they have a very full their, house. Their puppy Shannon. <laughs> you're not helping your case And Emily
0: You're not helping your case Tanner Or should I say Tanner? so angry with you right now oh. Why didn't you bring this up before? I thought we were friends <laughs> Tanner Did you catch anything in that passage? No, I was the too s- outraged
1: Emily Michelle in particular And with assorted pets Including their puppy Shannon And a kitten named Pumpkin They have a very full house Tanner
0: Where the fuck is Boo-Boo? Why did Boo-Boo... Why did they change Boo-Boo's name to Uh, Pumpkin? And when did he become a kitten? That's not a thing. I'm confused then. I'm confused then as well.
1: Hey, Anne. Anne? I know we're in the darkest timeline now. What the fuck did you do with (laughs)
0: Boo-Boo?
1: What the fuck happened to Boo-Boo?
0: Boo-Boo was old, mean, and dangerously overweight. True. But... At no point in these books did they ever say anything happened to Boo Boo. Right. So you can't just spring this on us, Anne. So where the fuck is Boo Boo, Anne? This means something to us, Anne. This isn't arbitrary. We can't just throw these things around, Anne. This means something to us. We've talked about this before. Anne
1: got her taste, or it seemed like she got her taste, with Louis. She was like, I'm going to see what I can do. I have all this power. I've created so much life. Now I'm gonna end a life. And then she took away Louie. Right. And then nothing happened, there were no consequences. And she was like, well, what about someone who's at the end of their days? What about if I take away Mimi? Right. She took away Mimi and there were no fucking consequences. And then she was like, what about somebody young? Somebody in the prime of life, full of vitality. What if I just cut that short? What does right. that feel like?
0: And Amelia. she took
1: away Amelia Freeman. Right. But now, Boo Boo, she doesn't even bother to tell us what happened. She just doesn't even say. He's just gone. She just disappears him. It's the same fucking thing that happened to the fucking Delaney's. They're gone. Anna's like, what if I take someone out of this world without even giving them the dignity
0: of release? They're not dead. They're just gone. They're just gone. gone. And you'll never see them again, so they may as well be dead, but you can never have that closure. The trip man, the Delaney's, Boo Boo, gone. Jack, yes. If we get to the end of these one hundred and thirty-two books, yeah, and Anne fails to ever mention the trip man again, right? She has seven books to do it. Yeah. If she does not do it, yeah, I will be writing a very strongly worded letter oh. to Scholastic Inc. Oh, oh, and I will be signing right on the dotted line of that letter. I would prefer you do the writing. I'll do the writing. Yeah. Dear Ann M. Martin, I demand a post postscript novella called You Had the Babysitter's Club. You Had the Babysitter's Club, like, the, the college years or whatever it's Friends called. Friends Forever. Friends Forever. Now I demand a one-shot book called The Babysitter's Club, Trip Man Ever After. Yes. And it's just about what the Trip Man is up to. Yes. After his breakup with Sharon Porter. Yeah. Spear. Hopefully he's, roaming
1: the, he's, he's walking the Appalachian Trail with Boo Boo and the Delaney's.
0: Line break. If I may suggest to promising young <laughs> writers to pen this one-shot novella. Yes. Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring of the Babysitter's Club Club would be happy to take the job. Yes. Pro bono. Pro bono. <laughs> Which means that only if you win. Yeah. Do we make any money? Right. So take it right to the Supreme Court. <laughs> we'll take it all the way to the Supreme Court. The book, Trip Man Ever After. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is gonna be
0: so good. Trip Man Boo Boo the Delaney's Baby Nation. If we, if Jack and I wrote a Babysitters Club length book about the Trip Man, yeah, would you buy an ebook version of it for? Three dollars. Yeah. Press one if yes. Yeah. Tell us how much you would buy that for. Yeah. So that we can put it in the letter to Scholastic. Tanner, can I ask you a question? Um, yeah, if you must. Did you this week have a? <gasps> <gasps> uh, Jamie's out tonight at the opera. I still have a child, so. Um, Only sort of. Okay. I had one. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair to Suzanne. That's not fair to Anne. I had one. They put burns in this book. I confidently had one. Okay. Would you like to hear it? Oh, very much. Claire held tightly to Mallory's hand. She gazed up at her sister, as if unable to take her eyes away from her. Claire... Watch where you're walking, Mallory scolded mildly when Claire tripped and fell against her sister. I'm sorry, Claire said. But still, she could only gaze at Mallory. I wonder if mom and dad will have another kid after you're gone, Nicky mused. <laughs> you know, to replace you. <laughs>
1: All you need to know to get the answer to that question <laughs> is be across a crowded room from Mr. Pike when he fucking flashes you those pearly whites.
0: And look up and catch a smile from him. It's catch like, a smile uh, from him? You're already pregnant. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my water just broke. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, yes. My pants are certainly wet. <laughs> you feed yourself? Is that the thing? <laughs> Mr. Pike, You went over to Mr. Pike's house. He spotted you and beat you yourself. I just evacuated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. So, yes, yes, they're probably going to have another kid to replace Yeah, you. almost certainly. <laughs> Did
1: you have one? <laughs> yeah,
0: I had a part of the week.
1: Mal picked up the tape and started fastening paper strips together in a chain. But in a few minutes, she grew bored and wandered over to the mirror behind us. She stared at her image. Do you think I'd look better with short hair? She asked me, holding up her hair. No. Margot answered for me. Your face is too fat for short hair. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Mallory shot back irritably. I didn't say you were fat, Margot defended herself. You just have a big face. Big faces are nice, Claire said. Barney has a big face.
0: (laughs) Two burns for the price of one. You got a big head and you look like Barney. We did it, Tanner.
1: I think we should get the fuck out of here. I don't care. What do you mean? What happened?
0: mad at you again.
1: (laughs) Okay. Good. Well, with no Marianne to resolve this, I fear that we're just going to have to leave it at that. Baby Nation, thank you for bearing with us. Tanner, thank you for bearing with me. (laughs) Tanner, thank you for... dinner. thank you for bearing with me.
0: Fine!
1: <laughs> okay. Baby Nation, please take a moment to review our podcast on Apple Podcasts and
0: share this podcast with a friend. And if you haven't already, buy our merch. Bit.ly slash merch designed by the great... Baby B. John, at Vox Devil on Twitter. Um, we got some
1: cool t-shirts. We got some cool pins. Baby Nation. The this, woman who sits next okay. to me at work today Jesus suggested
0: God. that we do a tote. Okay. So let's... Maybe we'll do a tote.
1: Awesome. Is that That's business tips from Tanner.
0: Baby Nation, if you want a tote, yeah. press one. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. You should do, like, a seminar. Yeah.
1: If you want to start a small business... See what the woman who sits next to you at work says, and then just kind of just do that without any research.
0: She's a millennial.
1: Yeah. She loves totes. Does she fit some kind of a demographic?
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Just
0: do whatever the woman who sits next to you at work says. She wants a a fucking tote, Jack. (laughs) Okay. Let's make Delia a tote. Okay. All right. Baby Nation,
1: (laughs) if you want us to make Delia a tote, press one, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm baby nation this week we read a book that was called mary Anne in the middle next week we're going to be reading a book called the all-new mallory pike she's not gone no she's not gone she's ronin she's ronin we're gonna get a little glimpse into the world of a babysitting Ronan. no babies no wandering city. the
0: hills of massachusetts yeah Sitting whatever she wants. Sitting whatever she wants. Watch out for your sheep out there. Dragons. Dragons? Because they might just turn green thanks no, to Bob no, and Threadbeard. No,
1: because I was going to say Mallory was going to sit them.
0: I mean, in a way, what Bobbin did was sit the sheep. Because he just, prevented them from being eaten by a dragon. It feels by like you're shoehorning lube I into this. I'm not shoehorning it. Anne and Suzanne are shoehorning it in.
1: Baby Nation, this week I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. And I'm Greenway. And have been this week. Baby Nation, please take a moment to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do. Baby Nation, remember the Delaney's.
0: Remember? Who are we remembering? Oh, come episode? on! it's not the trip man there was someone else remembering this episode <gasps> remember boo and
1: remember the trip man I guess now you say the next thing I come on baby nation take your dream horse through that maze Claudia's wearing a bra now and the way she talks you would think that boys had just just been,
0: been invented. invented I don't love it we do it together now I hate it Bad Beto Rourke. I just wanted to sing it out loud because we haven't talked since. It sounds good. Yeah, Beto it, Rourke. It's Beto. It's Beto. No, O'Rourke. it'll be two T's then. It's Beto O'Rourke. Big bad Beto Rourke. Beto O'Rourke. Beto
1: Rourke. Here's. I hope you're just saying this for me because I will. It is. T- okay. Good. Because. The number of steps you would have to go through to enjoy that as a listener.
0: Well, I tried to explain it to our f- four colleagues today. Yeah, and that was a stretch. It's
1: like, you got to know who Beto O'Rourke is, who most people probably don't. Yep. Uh, Big Bad Beto O'Rourke. You got to know uh, uh, about the Big Bad Beetle Yeah. And remember the song.
0: Yeah. And...
1: You have to be willing to suspend your disbelief about the fact that Beto's
0: name is pronounced Beto and not Beto. I like Beto better. Yeah. I always thought it was Beto, but I'm it's not just, from Texas. I,
1: look, I like it. I see his I,
0: name written out a lot, but I've never heard it pronounced. And I really thought it was Beto. And, and then Beto works a lot better with Beto Borg. You brought me around on this. I'm willing to admit it. We talked about this today. You brought me fucking around on
1: it. At first, I was like, this is stupid. And then it's like, no, it's there's something here.
0: But not for a wider audience. Outtakes.
1: That was a HeadGum Podcast.